You're listening to GlendaleCC.org and to the Glendale Christian KY podcast on iTunes. This week, Executive Minister Brother Mike Bell brings us a message on the things God hates, a lesson from Proverbs chapter 6. Thank you for listening, and as always, we hope that this message encourages you in your walk to love and follow Jesus. Have a wonderful week. Good morning. I must confess to you, in relocating my office, I found an envelope, and in that envelope were six sermons. Six sermons that uh, I had used. One of them, an individual has asked me to do over and over, and I told him I threw them away. Well, I threw all my sermons away. I didn't want anybody to see how dumb I was. But anyway, uh, I threw my sermons away. But these six sermons. And so this morning, I'm going to preach a sermon that you might be remembering. I preached it on January the 23rd, 1972. So uh, if you remember, I apologize. But this is, this is a sermon that, that I liked when I wrote it. It is not, uh, I'll use the outline, but uh, I just have to tell you that in our society today, we have gotten that God is love and that's it. And in our mind, it's, it's so hard for us to realize and accept that God is a God of judgment. <clears throat> and that God has done everything that he can to preserve us, to save us, to keep us, to bring us to heaven. But yet, there comes a time that God is going to pronounce judgment. And we don't like to hear that. We, we don't want to absorb that. We, we want to just go that everything is good. <clears throat> and if I believe in God and I trust in God, then everything's wonderful. But brothers and sisters, honestly today, there's some things in your life you need to clean up. There's some things and some thinking and some attitudes in your life that you need to change. And God is expecting us to do that. And in Proverbs, God came to inspire the words, the things that God hates. This is just like my niece had surgery last week for cancer. She was so excited. Everything was good. The doctor came in. All's good. And then... On Friday, the doctor's office called and said, we made a mistake. Uh, Some of the the tests came back, and it's positive. You've got to go in and have surgery again next week. So she's going in this week for another surgery on the same thing. But she could say, hey, I already had it removed. Half everything's done. Uh, I I don't need to pay any attention to that. But what would happen? It's the doctor coming to you today and saying there is a malignancy within your life and it needs to be removed. Oh, the God I serve is a God of love. And yes, but he says this 
needs to be removed. Let's go to our scripture. Our scriptures in Proverbs says, These things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are abomination unto him. And then he names them. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imagination, feet that are swift to running into mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Now, very clearly, this comes to us. And very clearly, it is saying that God hates a proud look. Pride cometh before a fall. I don't believe that there has ever been a successful event that pride didn't get in the way. Pride gets in the way of so many things. We, we, we get that spirit that we're so caught up into everything that I am the most important person in the world. In 1972, I would have probably said, who's the greatest preacher you know and why am I? Wake up. You see, we get so caught up in ourselves that we declare ourselves that we are the best. We're better than our neighbors. We're better than our family. And sometimes we even get to the point that I'm better than God. I know more than God. The atheist said to Parker one day that he was a self-made man. Parker said, I'm glad to hear that because that relieves God of a lot of responsibility. Some of us, we got that same idea. We have built ourselves a tower of Babel, and we're equal to God. I, I look at pride throughout the Scripture, and pride throughout the Scripture is something that, that gets in the way of many people. It got in the way of Saul. Saul became so prideful that he didn't need God. It got in the way of Lucifer, the light bearer, the angel that Lucifer challenged and became Satan, the devil, thrown out of heaven, cast out our will be. And yet, in all of this, he was so prideful. Uh, the scripture says that no man will ever be in heaven who has not humbled himself at the foot of the cross of Christ. In other words, the scripture is just simply saying to us that we humble ourselves and accept Jesus Christ with repentance and love. We, we let pride get in the way. Think how many people have not accepted Jesus Christ, and maybe you're one that have not accepted Jesus Christ and live for Jesus Christ like you know, because what will people think? What will people think? Pride. The second thing is God hates lying tongues. Have you ever told a lie? Hold up your hand. Some of you are lying. <laughs> why, do, why is lying so easy? 
And where do we learn to lie? You know, it, it becomes, well, the scripture says that we're the child of our father, Satan, the father of all lies. What is a lie? Well, I learned that a lie is anything meant to deceive. A lie can be full of truth in the way we tell it, can't it? God hates liars. God hates lies. Uh, I already said that. In 1972, I could see a whole lot better than I can now, okay? You know, I, I, I see that uh, sometimes we lie about anything and we're interested in just spreading our importance and, and lying to me, and I, I don't know how we learn to lie. It just comes instinctive. And sometimes lies come out when we, when we don't even need to lie. Lying. It, it, it's something that we're all guilty of. It's something that uh, is, is within every Christian. But it's something that we need to pay attention to. And we need to doctor. Because if you're not careful, it becomes easier and easier and easier to tell a lie than it is to tell the truth. Every one of you have heard somebody say, He'd rather lie than tell the truth. It's easier for him to lie. Well, the scripture is very clear. The Lord says, let your yeas be yea and your nays be nay. Tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. God hates those that shed innocent blood. The Sixth commandment says, Thou shalt not kill. The sixth commandment, Thou shalt not kill. And yet, as I look at this scripture and I see this scripture and I know this scripture, I, I, I realize that so many times we kill, we kill with cruelty. I, I have the scripture here and I have to see it, I can't. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer hath eternal life whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer so if God hates he who shares innocent blood God hates those murderers God then is hating those who are going around and murdering people with their comments, with their assailant uh, uh, upon other brothers and sisters. A murderer isn't have, doesn't have to be, and I, I, I was reading in Reader's Digest just about two weeks ago, I, I was reading that a psychologist says the ability to commit murder is within each of us, just below the surface. Now, I don't know if I agree with that or not, but I know the ability to assail someone's credibility is within us. I, I, I realize the ability for us to destroy our family with evil words. 
I, I, I realize that sometimes the tongue is the greatest weapon that we have. God hates he who sheds innocent blood. God hates he that has evil imagination. Now that one I thought about a great deal, and after I found this sermon, I was thinking about it even more. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we think these things, and not always do we put them in action, but the Scripture says, he that committeth adultery in his heart is guilty, doesn't it? The, the scripture says that if you think it, well, then if I think it, I just well go on and do it. No, no. The Bible is talking to us about the idea that we, we work on our mind to guard what's going to be thinking. We pollute our mind. We pollute our mind with television whose standards are completely different than the standards that are Christian. We, happy birthday, Chung. We, we, we blow our mind with ideas of what the world is saying. Who is the first couple? No, I won't do that. I won't. Our moral standards have been so destroyed. And we accept as standard, as, as every day, things that in 1972 we wouldn't have accepted. Why? Because we have allowed our imagination to accept them things, to grow with those things, and the, the, the thought is sown. The idea is developed. And the idea becomes the character, and the character becomes the role of life. All because we thought, and we allowed that thought, that seed, to grow in our mind. So, so when the scripture is talking that God hates those who sow evil or devise evil imagination. We realize that the courts judge the action. The law judges the action. But God judges the mind. So guard what you think. When Jesus was confronted by Peter, and Peter challenged Jesus, said, we're not going to let this happen, Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Now why did he say that? That was last week. He said that because Satan was giving the ideas to Peter to disrupt Jesus from his ministry. And Satan is sowing seeds of disruption in you to keep you from doing the ministry of Jesus Christ, to keep you out of fellowship. Then God hates not only those who have the evil and devises the evil imagination, but God hates those who are running to mischief. Uh, 
I, I think of this one as the evil imagination that we just had and then we're taking that and we're bringing it with us to the office or, or, or to work or, or to church or to wherever that we're running to mischief. Someone told me that uh, so-and-so did so-and-so. I can't wait to get there and tell them that so-and-so said that so-and-so. We do that and we see that and we have those around us that are doing that and it's easy for us to get caught up into that that it even happens in church and many, many a man has gone through life with these evil words and evil thoughts and then he comes back and he says just because of that moment just because of that mischief, just because of that evil commitment, I carry it all the days of my life. And, 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 and I'm guilty of that. There are things that I have said in my past, there are things that I have done in my past that I know God has forgiven me, but I haven't forgiven me. You know, you're there. And, 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 and that is the kind of stuff uh, the Bible says, confess your sins one among the, uh, among the brethren. So let's see, uh, uh, Christy, you want to go first? You don't want to go first? If someone got up today and confessed their sins here, we couldn't wait to get to lunch to share what we heard. Why? Because we're so quick to run to that spreading, sharing. Uh, I don't repeat gossip, so listen, really good. You know, we do that. Running to mischief, it seems like we're always getting in trouble. We're always running to where we shouldn't be. And those sorrows we carry with us because you can't undo them. And the last thing, God hates he who sows discord among the brethren. I, I think that this is one that, how can this happen in the church? How, how, can, how can slanderers, embezzlers, how, how can imposters of the truth gain such credibility and seldom, if ever, are they denounced? You know their name? I'm going to tell you their name today. I'm going to name every one of them. They told me they said, they, we, we, we're always hearing that word and sometimes we make it up. The scripture says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, got that? Clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Brothers and sisters, keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue from evil.
When I was a child, I spake as a child. When I became a man, I spake as a man. Paul says, you've got to guard that tongue. James said, you've got to guard that tongue. And when it comes into the church, and they said this, and they said that, and they don't like this, and they don't like that, and they don't want this, and they don't want that. And we find that that is constantly stirring. What does Jesus want? These are things that God hates. God hates sin. And these are sins that are an abomination to him. These are sins that are so great to him. It reminds me of a vicar, that a lady came to this vicar one day, and she was known as the town gossip. And she had gossiped all over the community about everyone in the community. And the vicar said to the woman, uh, she said, I would like to, excuse me, the, the woman said, I would like to clean up my life. I would like to undo, and, 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 and I just, I, I, I don't feel good about myself. And the vicar said, I'll tell you what, go get a, a bag of goose feathers and take those goose feathers and go across the community and every household that you spoke evil of, of someone in that household, you put a goose feather on their doorstep. And when you've done that all across the community and you've done all your goose feathers, come back to me. And so the lady went across the community and she put a goose feather on his door and her door and their door and put a goose feather everywhere that she had made mention of. And when she had finished, she went back to the vicar and the vicar said, okay, now go pick them up. She said, I can't. They're gone. The wind's blown them away. And he says, that's exactly what happens when your tongue and your words go out, you can't pick them up and bring them back. Brothers and sisters, these six sins, these six things, we do them, and you can't undo them. Those things that you said about other people, oh, I forgive you. But they still lie under the surface, and they hurt. In, in uh, the wedding, we always do at a wedding, you know, Wives love your husbands. Husbands love your wives. And then in 1 Corinthians, it, it's talking about that we don't keep score. And I love the fact that we don't keep score. We don't keep account of the sins of others. Well, under the surface, we do. Under the surface, in the subconscious, we do. And when we dwell on that, when we allow our mind to just hold on that, then we have malice against our brother, and we have hatred against our brother, and we can't exist. So God is saying, remove it. And yet, I try to remove it, and, and I don't. I can't do it by myself. So I realize that God sent Jesus Christ because he loved me so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross to take my sin. And I stand at the base of the cross, humbled, because Jesus Christ loved me so much that he died for me, not 
for what I am, but because he loved me so much for what I could be. And through him, I can be that. I can be that child of God. God hates sin, but God loves the sinner. And God loves you. And God is saying, I want to help you get, get rid of that lying tongue. I want to help you get rid of that mind that is always, always coming up with evil things. I want to get rid of that uh, tongue that is sowing discord among the brethren because I want my church, my bride, to be well thought of everywhere. And everywhere you go and say, all those guys at our church, they do this, they do that, brings evil upon my bride, my bride. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask your forgiveness because I am guilty of these sins. And I know they're an abomination to you because they create so much evil across our community. Forgive me, Father, for some of the things that I wouldn't want said of me, I've said of others. Forgive me. Father, help me. Fill my body with your spirit that I can get rid of these thoughts, these evil things. Help each of us that we might represent you and shine for you better. In Jesus' name.